Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. All right, guys. So this week, I had a surprise guest, so to speak. So as, as many of you long-time listeners, loyal listeners who listen over the weeks heard me say uh, in one of my recent solo episodes was that if you had any anecdotes or just experience with red light therapy that you wanted to share with me and or the audience, then please reach out to me and contact me and I'd love to have you on the podcast, you know, whether it be a five or 10 minute conversation or a full blown, full episode. And so the first person to reach out to me is today's guest. Her name is Roz Maindock, and she's out of Western Australia. And so she's been around the red light therapy world much longer than I even have. She first learned about red light therapy around 2010, 2011, especially with with her working with horses and equine therapy, so to speak. Uh, She has a lot of experiences working with like the red light therapy torches and working with acupoints. And then of course, she used red light therapy on herself, her husband, her kids, which you'll hear in the episode. So this was just a fun conversation to sit down with someone who literally uses red light therapy on a regular basis and has been for almost a decade and a half now. So she has a vast amount of experience. And again, these are the type of conversation I'd love to have more often going forward. And again, they don't have to be long conversations. If you're someone who just has a quick, short, five-minute story of a miraculous recovery you or a significant other or a friend have, again, please reach out to me, whether it be podcast at biolite.shop or reach out to my personal Instagram profile or LinkedIn profile or reach out to the Biolite Instagram. Just find a way to reach out and, and set up a conversation because the more that we can share these types of anecdotes and experiences, the more all of us can learn and grow together. And that's what it's all about. Uh, but without further ado, please sit back and enjoy this conversation I had with Roz. That's uh, <laughs> kind of funny because she was speaking in her Wednesday morning. I was speaking in my uh, Tuesday evening. So it was kind of a fun paradox there. Um, but she has a lot of great insights. She makes a lot of great points, connects a lot of dots. And just like me, um, over these years, she's just been learning and growing through the courses and through the information she, she's been learning, um, and a lot from the research that's been reported here on, on the podcast. So it's it's just fun to have that interaction with someone who's learning and growing with you and, and is willing to share their story. So again, sit back and enjoy this episode with Roz. Good morning to you. Good evening to me. So she's in Australia. I'm still in Montana. We're speaking in two different days. We are. <laughs> so, so, I, so I guess I should start off by saying thank you for spending your morning with me, Roz, um, on your day off. And this is officially the latest I've recorded a podcast. So congratulations to you. <laughs> I'm so excited. When you said that you wanted to speak to people on the podcast that I was listening to, I was like, oh, I'm so nervous, but I really want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you stepping up and doing that. And you were the first person to reach out and I appreciate the time you spent in writing that email because it's 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 not a short one in a good way. And you do have a lot of experiences and a lot of good intel that I, I can't even speak to, especially in the animal world. So we'll get to that in a moment. Give us a background on yourself and kind of how you got into red light therapy. Yeah, so it it literally was the horses that got us into red light therapy. 
back in 2010, I was introduced to it. I had um, a thing that was is called a sarcoid on a horse. So it comes from a virus. It's almost like a herpes virus sore that can grow. Anyway, the vet said to me, oh, I've got this girl that's doing some case studies with this torch that's got red light. And because I'm kind of a little bit out there anyway, I was like, yeah, okay, no worries. And she was she was doing it. And you could see the responses from the horse, like they would change, like go from like this to, and I was like, wow, that's that's interesting. She wanted to see the horse more often. At that time, I wasn't sort of invested in, in it. So I was like, yeah, 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 and sort of didn't continue. Anyway, uh, come 2011, a lady from over the eastern states come over. My horse was displaying behaviours, you know, physical behaviours and discomfort, and we all want to make sure our horses are okay so that we can ride them. So she had this red light torch, and I'm like, well, here it is again. So she was working on the horse, and, and I was, no, I hadn't started on my little uh, adventure yet. You could just see the way that the horse was changing and then it would change its movement. I was like, well, this is crazy. She was actually over and going to teach a course on it for the next week. So I signed up and off I went. Again, because I didn't understand it too well, you were always still worried that you might do something wrong to the horse. And everybody uh, back then thought you were crazy having this red torch and using it on the horses. And it was only red back then. There was no one really talked about any other uh, wavelengths. Uh, It was red. Where it came through was um, from Dr. McLaren. He's a vet who found that um, he could use the torch to do the same mechanism as what acupuncture could do. So that's where those teachings sort of came from then. Um, after that, then I went into, because I'm a Y person, the massage, the other body work sides of things, trying to link everything together as how is all this working. Yeah, I always just keep coming back to red light all the time, all the time. The devices are really different now as well. Probably uh, my friend, she developed a pad that had the 810 in it, she had a horse that had a ligament injury and she was trying to work out and did a lot of research uh, to find out how she could get help the ligament heal better in a horse and that's where that came about. It's very interesting linking everything to what you say in your um, podcasts and all your um, people that you get on to what I've experienced but in the animal world as well. Definitely. I mean, the space is constantly evolving as the research just continues to to get pumped out. Um, I'm getting emails every day from PubMed about the the myriad of ways that red light therapy can help. But for the audience's background or for their knowledge, when was this that you were first introduced into red light therapy? Because it wasn't just a couple years ago. I mean, you've been... Surrounded by this for for a decade plus now. Uh, 2010 was my first experience, and people um, had already been using it before that on horses and dogs, cats. 
And I'm just curious from your perspective or, or from what you learned, because you said with that first torch with the horses, you were only using red light. And mm-hmm. with that torch, were you treating acupuncture points specifically? Yes. So so the lady that would have been treating my horse would have been doing acupuncture points only, but because that that sarcoid that I was talking about is more a virus and a wound, it would have been a little bit different as well. So she would have been treating it as a wound healing gotcha. um, device as well. But again, it was only red. Right. No, that's yeah. interesting. And that just makes me wonder. So with those acupoints, what is the depth that you need to treat to get the effects? And I guess that's kind of rhetorical because you saw some pretty profound results with just red light, which, as mm-hmm. we know, is basically treating only the skin layer. So does yeah. that mean in order to treat acupoints, even on humans, you just need red light? You don't necessarily need that near-infrared light? Is that what you've, you've learned and experienced? I, I believe so, yes. Interesting. Yes. It, it is very interesting. <laughs> this is why I love your report is because I'm like going, oh, Mike's onto something here and I think it's going to end up back yeah. with what I've experienced. Yes. This is the torch. This is red only. Yeah. Is that, is that the one you used all those years ago or is that a different one? Um, n- no, I still have that one, but I actually must have lent it out to somebody. They were marketed at 100 milliwatts mm-hmm. with three LED globes, those first ones. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure what the actual irradiance was, but it was probably more like 70 or something like that. Right. You know, right. knowing, knowing what we know now. Yep. Yeah. And the same with this one. So this one has red. And then, so the first one, 100, 250, 500. But again, these ones have been third-party tested, so they are not what they say, but it, they actually tell you that because of that research that came out. But, yeah, they 100, 100 milliwatts or 70 milliwatts works on right. that point. Well, guys, BioLite has what's called bundles. So simply go to the BioLite website, BioLite.shop, go under products, and there will be a tab for bundles. With each of these bundles, there's three of them, you save 20% off on the entire package. For example, we have the Beauty Bundle, which includes a Shine and Stand, a Guardian Plus, and the Longev Revive Cream. So that bundle of three products, you save 20% off the entire package. There's the Recovery Bundle. That includes the Recharge Plus panel, the Guardian mouthpiece, and then the Longev recover cream and that recover cream is just like the revive cream except it has added cbd oil infused into it that package of three items all comes at 20 percent off and then the last bundle which is the most versatile bundle in the sense that you get to pick and choose what products you want you get to pick and choose from the recharge plus panel the restore plus panel or the matrix full body mat and then you get to choose between the guardian and guardian plus and then you get to choose between the revive and the recover cream it also includes the shine and stand so you get to choose between black and silver by purchasing those four products in the ultimate bundle you save 20 percent off all of the products you also save 20 percent off shipping so literally the entire package and shipping is 20 percent off so if you're ever needing some red light therapy products and are looking for a discount just remember the bundles are always 20 percent off 365 days a year no coupon code necessary 
how long was that treatment or the treatments for, or just in general even tr- treating horses and i know you even uh, in your email you got into other animals as well do you find the duration of treatment is comparable to humans or do you alter that based on the animal and or the size of the animal and or the amount and color of their fur potentially Ooh, oh yes to all three of those <laughs> that's probably a good answer <laughs> yes to all three of those so um when we teach we say 10 to 15 seconds uh, on a point to try and activate the point but so not yes, long at all not long at all they go, you know, there's been so many questions and I asked them myself when I was learning as well, you know, how do you know it's been activated and all that sort of things. And sometimes you don't really know whether it was that point you activated or a point that was one further back and they've only just let you know that it's been activated. The size of the animal I would only probably change Oh, yeah, actually, I just thought of something as well. So if you're using acupoints around the same, the size doesn't change. I'm thinking of small animals and it actually does change. I've had my dog, a a small dog, where she didn't actually like it at all. I'd Mm. go to put the light on her and she would just go, no. But when she was sick, she she wanted it. Mm. So, yes. But generally, even if I did myself, I would say, oh, 10, 15 seconds for a point. And then I think the most important thing in the end is how you assess things, your observations, what you see, what you feel, to be able to adjust the times. It's like what you said before about, uh, especially if you people want to measure it in um, the joules of energy, the re- research has shown that sometimes it's one joule, four joules, sometimes you need 10 joules. You sort of have the parameters that you think technically if all everything was okay, this should work with this, but because of, and I love that word biodiversity, you need to be observant to restructure your treatment according to what happens what the horse actually tells you when you assess it again or any animal. But the hair, though, that, yes, that is a, a thing. So the darker-skinned animals and also if they're very hairy, you kind of need to part the hair and make sure that the light is actually on the skin to yep. skin itself. What kind of results or things have you treated with, with horses or other animals and what kind of results have you seen? What results? Yeah, like what types, oh, what types um, of things have you treated? What type of um, diseases or injuries have you treated? And like what type of re- results have you seen with red light therapy? And also, if I can add, what have you mm-hmm. done in concert with red light therapy to kind of get a synergistic response if you do add anything else? Mm, good question. Okay, so um, with our wounds, it helps accelerate wound healing. So it helps with the pain management. And then it helps allow the body to heal itself quicker because um, we know that it um, excites the mitochondria and 
restarts the batteries, sometimes with scarring and wounds as well that have um, stopped healing or um, it will help with that as well is sort of like kickstart it again to start healing. Usually I'd say to people um, if we're going to do that is uh, that your horse or your animal might look sore again for a little while. It's not a negative effect. It's just bringing the attention back to that area with the brain to help heal, which would have compartmentalised it before. What was your other question? My brain's like, (laughs) (laughs) What kind of things have you treated? What kind of results have you seen? Um, And if you add anything else with red light therapy, kind of to get a synergistic response or or whatnot, like what what else would you add? Um, Treatments. Okay, so yes. So when we did our case studies, they wanted us to do red light on its own. They wanted us to do it on a horse that had never had body work or red light before because that will give you a different response from the actual animal. Um, a horse that had um, done uh, had red light before and um, a horse that had a condition go like um, hock arthritis or and it was very interesting to see all the different results with that because it did change what you saw little results we did like a little chart so when you went to assess the horse it'd be like you having your um patient and assessing their range of motion and all those sorts of things so we did kind of did the same thing and so what was hurting at first when you went back to treat them again wasn't necessarily what was hurting later so that was from you can use acupoints what you would call dry needling sense so that's a different approach you can use it to help um, with wounds um, I use it to help with trying to not release but have better function so that they move smoother. So say like if I put the, the torch on a hamstring origin insertion through the area, even if it's just on or down, and then seeing if that the horse actually uh, moved better. So we use it in different ways. Yes, a lot of people use it with massage in conjunction with some people use it after massage i use it before because i know what it can do i tend to use it a little bit different to uh, a lot of people they have the red light as a side uh, rather than the primary and then other things for the side Um, i like like that because I mean, going through a massage maybe i don't know what types of massages you do but especially if it's intense I mean, you can be sore a day or two after an intense massage. So just like uh, preconditioning your body for for exercise, which we know can increase, you know, your muscular endurance and your muscular strength and all that good stuff, but also it accelerates the recovery time. And and the research has kind of waffled back and forth recently. Like, is it better to precondition? Is it better to do it during? Is it better to do it after? So it's kind of all over the place. But at the end of the day, yes. it seems to be that if you do it before and only before versus doing it before and after or only after, again, the recovery time is accelerated. So so to do yes. right by, by your clients, doing it beforehand, I love that. Yes. So you'll like this one because remember how I was saying that horses are, you know, fairly nonverbal. They know 
what's going on and I would rock up in my car and you would actually see the horse change its nervous system. If they've had the red light treatment before, they would actually, it's like they um, just changed. I suppose it's like somebody that likes to go and have a massage or something and they just go into relax mode and right. ready to receive it. And right. a lot of people that um, you let them borrow the torches or they get their own or pads or whatever, they stay the same. It's like they like, it's like they know what's going on. I said, yes, they they get ready and they change. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's to see. Really like you cool. said before before we started recording, horses don't lie or like animals don't lie. They don't have preconceived notions or, or judgments. So they're just reacting to the therapy itself. So you get this very gentle, yeah. authentic response. You do. And then that's where um, I think in the uh, animal world, uh, as well as the people world, is that the assessment side of it, the observation and feedback is the part that's lost. So treatments, especially with the horses, are based around what what they're the feedback that they're giving us rather than you must do this two times a week, da 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 da, da. we'll say, okay. But say like they've got an injury or something, you're trying to stop uh, the cellular death process and get those cells, you know, like pumped up so that they can start healing rather than, oh, that's what I say to people when I'm teaching rather than, you know, all these cells are dying <laughs> and then you're trying to help with pain management so that the brain's not concentrating on just that before the um, healing can kick in. It's sort of like you're bringing everything in sooner to be able to, and that's why it seems like it's wound accelerating. Oh, uh, just personal researchers uh, is about the collagen heals more in line, so you don't end up with um, more scar tissue. Right, less scar tissue. The sooner you can use it, the less scar tissue, which is very because you need that for you know the flowing gliding of all the tissues. Yeah. Yeah, not just that. Um, the the fascia is where like all of our electrons, all of our electricity within our body travels. So if you have that bound up collagen, that bound up fascia, you actually uh, inhibit or or mitigate some of that communication, and that's where you can have some pain. That's where you can have some other health conditions arise. So that, I mean, that's a good point that aligning the collagen is a big deal. You can do that with massage. You can do that with like gua sha or like. Uh, those types of instruments. Yeah. So yeah, using that in tandem with red light therapy, which is pro collagen, pro circulatory, pro uh, you know, getting the lymph system moving, you know, that that's a good one two punch. We were taught that when it's healing, the actual um quality of the collagen is better. So not even just how it gets um all you know out of a line and adhesion is that the rather than a more fibrous collagen it actually heals more true to type so that's interesting before we move on to some of your your results like with yourself and other other people versus animals do you have anything else you want to uh, touch on with treating horses dogs cats otherwise i mean especially if someone's out there who's already a veterinarian 
and or just a, a pet owner and they're interested on whether or not they should integrate red light therapy with their pets or, or animals if they're a vet, uh, what would you tell them if they're kind of sitting on the fence wondering if, if all this is like too good to be true or anything else you want to add? Oh, I think that it's just a, instead of always using chemical drugs, that it can help do some of the things that instead of, you know, steroids and and chemical painkillers, it can do the same same effect. Uh, that animals seem to respond to it very well. And if they don't, there's usually a reason why. And it can can literally be by the way that you're just applying it, especially with the introduction of the um, near-infrared because when we had the pads, we had the near-infrared in there, but you guys over in America um, still classed near-infrared as laser, even if it was with an LED. So the lady that was making those torches that I was talking about I actually wanted her to make a head for this torch with near-infrared and she said, I can't because there's, yeah, but remember this was before, I think the FDA changed their mind about all this around 2016, something like that, and then all of a sudden all these products were on the market. So she actually did change it to. Oh, interesting. And there's, yes. So I was able to get a head um, that has, so these are all red around the outside and these are near infrared on the inside. So, Is it specific um, for animals to, or, or, or for anything? No, you can, anything. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Me, animals. So, so that was great uh, because then rather than have a pad that is not, suitable to put in places that you want to put it this is this was more mobile uh, for around the body and stuff so so that was super cool and um it's interesting because you always have that laser versus led thing yep so but i have one of them too (laughs) (laughs) no you made some good points with the animals it's kind of like why not try something that's non-invasive, non-pharmaceutical? Yes, has the potential yes. to be as effective before diving yes. into that other stuff. I'd say reverse the process because even some of the research I've reported on, I think even last week, it's like, was it with that COVID tongue? They were trying all these different mouthwashes, and it's like they got rid of most of it, but then it kept rearing its ugly head every once in a while. And then when they finally applied red light therapy to the tongue and to the mouth, it was like it was gone forever. And in my mind, and then. Mm-hmm. The result of that study, this is probably echoing last week for people that listened last week, but uh, the result of that study was if these mouthwashes don't work, then apply red light therapy as, as an adjunct. And to me, it's like, that's kind of backwards. It's like, why why wouldn't you reverse the process? And of course, this this is my alternative medicine, holistic mind, and I'm sure the researchers are more allopathic, but regardless, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of preaching to the choir for the types of people that are like, listening to this podcast i know you're you're thinking the same thing it's like why not use something like red light therapy first and then the chemicals and then the other stuff that has potential negative side effects later so i got into red light therapy Roz. i'm not sure if you listened to the early early podcast but i got into red light therapy in like 20 
I learned about it in the 2018 uh, time frame and then really got into it early 2019. So I missed that whole near-infrared debacle. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I got a dog in 20, early 2021. He's a German Shepherd. And so they're notorious for skin issues. They're notorious for having sensitive stomachs and tummies and guts. And so I've been using red light therapy all sorts of ways. I didn't even know necessarily if the research was out there or not. I just knew the mechanisms of, mechanisms of action, mm-hmm. anything that's anti-inflammatory, pro-circulatory, boosting the cellular energy of your body. Well, I did do my research as well just to make sure, but but it translates to animals just as well as it does to humans. And so to kind of add on to your point, I would highly recommend anyone who's dealing with with an animal that has any pains or aches or anything inflammatory, and that can be skin, that that can also include pain because pain is inflammatory. Try red light therapy. And again, just, just yeah, think definitely. about the basics of red treating the skin and apparently uh, the acupoints. And of course, you'd have to learn the acupoint system for that. But I think that's awesome that you only need red light because that really opens the door for animals who have a bunch of fur, which makes it complicated. But again, no red treats the superficial. If you're treating anything deeper like the stomach or or the brain or or the joints include near infrared in the duration i don't know what you would recommend Roz, because again you need to know what your light irradiance is but as we've discussed it's tough to know if your device mm. is producing what it says it produces without third-party testing so that's a whole other can of worms so then it's tough to even recommend duration because that can run the gamut of of acupoints of 15 seconds to if you have a lower power device and you're treating the joint, that could be 10, 15, 20 minutes. So it's all across the board. But I think at the end of the day, if you just expose your animals to red light therapy, you could see good results. And and the negative side effects or the negative yeah, side effects, for lack of a better term, are very few, if any. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Just like humans, there's no contraindications. Yeah. The floor, so to speak, no. is low and like the potential is high. Yes, correct. Correct. Another thing that we got taught, which you might find interesting, is that acupoints don't like to be shouted at. So in translation to us means that if you've got a more high-powered device, so you know, the output is more, sometimes it's better to use the lower slower devices because uh, even when we're teaching um you know if you've got a 100 milliwatt device and it's only red it's still only going to go the same depth if you've got a higher power it just means it's going to get there quicker um, you might lose less photons in the transfer process plus again you have your hair and all those sorts of things too which mitigates the how many photo photons are actually going to get through the skin so that's something to think about it too is like if you're if you're going to try and use it on your animal really have a look to see how they respond to it you know like if they go to move away from it it's probably either a little bit high or they're a little bit worried about it because they feel energy different to us their sensory receptors are a lot more amplified than humans so it's just sort of uh, even when we have uh, with the horses we'll put the light turned on like somewhere near their nose and they have a sniff 
and they have a look, they feel it, and they then they actually change their nervous system in a response. So then you go, okay, it's okay to go in. Otherwise, if you just go straight in with it, they're like, yeah, that's a good point. You're less likely to have a better response. No, that's a good point, especially when doing courses, which which I've never done, but I have heard some scary stories of people getting kicked and that kind of stuff. So you you do want to respect the horse. Yeah. And I've heard countless stories, of course, from other pet owners. It's like they're doing the red light therapy session, whether it's a panel or a mat or, or something else, yeah. and their cat will crawl up alongside them or their dog will curl up near the panel because to your point, like they have a different sensory, like, like they can smell things exponentially better than humans can. And I'm sure with their eyes and ears and otherwise, they're sensing yeah. things we can't even with the red light therapy. Yeah. So they innately know that the red light and the near infrared light is healing, it's comforting, it's soothing. So they just inherently know to get in front of it. But to your point, maybe there's a time and place where they are not open or receptive to it. And like, you got to respect that and they understand what's going on in their body. One of my horses, she had a, a wound on her hind end and at first, I went in with a torch that has around 9.04 in the um, the wavelength and she accepted it. It was actually a bit of a mixture of wavelengths, to tell you the truth. It was 9.04, 8.10 and some blue and she probably about 30 seconds and then she moved away and it was like she switched her tail and she got annoyed and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So I switched it to just red and near infrared and then put it back and her whole demeanour changed again. And it was like she said, yes, this is okay. No, that was too high. So whether so I always think back to also things like what you've talked about in the podcast is, hmm, did that change to a thermal? energy instead which then negates what I'm trying to do and she says no I don't like that all those sorts of things always refer back to different things that you've said in podcasts about um, some of the mechanisms so it's been fun putting things um, thinking a little bit like thinking no okay I need to change what I'm doing she said no if I change what I'm doing, then she say yes. Oh, that's very cool. Kind of like, um, kind of like guess and check to see see what response. Yeah, you get. yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Sort of. Well, it's sort of like personal research. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, to your point about the bio individuality, I mean, uh, that was another yeah. point I kind of wanted to highlight with your answer. I mean, that's. That's something I can't explain enough to people who are especially first delving into red light therapy. Like it's not a cookie cutter treatment no. where I can just tell you to use these settings and it's going to work perfectly for you. Like there, it's a spectrum of time. It's a spectrum of distance from the device. It's a spectrum of uh, light, literally and metaphorically. And it's really up to you yeah. to, again, kind of plug and chug and, and see what works for you. And it's tough if you're not as in tune to your body. But I guess be as in tune or, or tap into that as much as you can because, um, to your point, if you're not seeing results with your pets or if you're not seeing results with yourself, that doesn't mean red light therapy doesn't work. It just means you need to tweak your your dosage a little bit. Yes. And, and there's a handful of variables to do so, and it can get a little convoluted. 
Um, yeah. But I just invite people to not give up on red light therapy if it doesn't work the first or second or even third time. More often than not, people are over-treating. Yeah. So I would recommend decreasing the dosage and decreasing the frequency per week. I mean, people get really excited about their their new toy, and so they want to use it every single day, when in fact you might... Yeah. You might actually see better results if you do it only two or three times a week versus five, six, or seven. Yeah. I don't know if you have actually, any other to share. Actually, that bought, made me think about, so when we learn about the acupoints or when I'm teaching about acupoints with the animals, we say don't, not less than 48 hours. So if you're treating an acupoint plan, so you start off with a cookie cutter plan maybe, is don't. Because uh, the results can, you know, there can still be behind the scenes stuff happening through the body for 48 hours, except if it's a wound or an injury or a virus or something like that, because animals get viruses and that as well. So you think about it as um, the mitochondria need recharging again. So they do their job and then it runs out. And so if it's a wound or um, something like that, you might do treatments very close together for a little while and then stop and like you said then see what happens see how long it kind of lasts is it still doing its job as in the body healing and then maybe you might need to apply it again uh, but you're you're right in the fact that yeah sometimes we over treat and it just the body um turns off yeah i agree with you when there's like an acute injury or sickness if you will yeah. stack a handful of treatments early because i get yeah. this question all the time like if you get like a cold or if like you roll your ankle or some type of wound like how should i treat that and i always say and this is just kind of a generality treat every day for three days in a row and then do every other day for about a a week and then yeah. kind of taper off to like a normal which i would say is about two to three times a week so again you're compounding early spreading them out over yeah. the next week or so and then yeah. kind of going back to normal unless your body or uh the injury is saying otherwise but um yeah yeah i agree we have the same same theory same yeah i love yeah. it australia yeah. and america combining for for the win <laughs> Yeah, go for gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, Roz, let's move on to humans for a moment because you also yeah. had some interesting um, anecdotes there too. So, so share anything you have with your personal experience or others with results that you've seen with red light therapy. So, I when I'm teaching again, I always use my husband as an example. <laughs> um, he was the best example ever. Because about the time that I learnt it, um, he's always had a uh, knee injury ever since he was 18. He did his ACL, but back then it, was, it, uh, it wasn't invented. No one knew what was wrong with his knee. Um, what? Uh, so, <laughs> yes, they did it. They would just send him for rehab and just said, oh, you have no cartilage left. Uh, we don't actually know what's wrong with your knee. For a torn ACL? It would have been a torn ACL, but I'm talking about back in maybe the 80s. 
so it it wasn't they didn't know about those sorts of things so roll on to when he was 34 so now we're in the 90s (laughs) and um he saw a surgeon that um did ACL stuff for the footy for the AFL he just walked in straight away and the surgeon took one look at him and said oh you've done your ACL and we're like oh okay because there was already damage of you know like 18 years or something they fixed that he then went on to um pretty much do what he wanted to do with his walking and all that sort of stuff so he already didn't have very good functioning you know with his muscles and stuff from living with that injury but anyway I just got into all this light therapy and pretty much we just started applying the torch to he had lots of inflammation lumps around his knee, so um, they were quite big but hard. I just started applying it and they started disappearing. What we essentially did with the pad, because the surgeons also said, look, you're going to need to have a knee replacement, but he was about 50 at the time and they said you're too young and you don't want to be having to have two knee replacements in your life. We used the pad. I gave him a pad and a torch and he used to take that away with him to go to work um, because he worked away and would put it on. um, He used it like it was an anti-inflammatory tablet, literally. So um, come five years later, a couple of other things happened with another accident which happened to be with that same leg. So that set off a chain reaction where he actually needed to have his knee replaced. Uh, But he'd been going along okay for, you know, five years. And so the surgeon that actually replaced his knee said to him, we had to actually take a little bit more of your femur than normal or uh, TBO, one of those two. Um, He said, it's one of the worst knees that I've ever had to replace. He goes, I don't understand how you weren't on high anti-inflammatories all mm. the time. And we just went, I wasn't going to explain that to him because he was an old professor and that was just too hard. Um, the only time um, Marty actually used to take, you know, actual anti-inflammatories of 1,000 milligrams was when he would do something and it would twist and just set off that inflammation. So he needed to, like, get it down, like, really quick. Uh, but other than that, it was we used it as a um, an anti-inflammatory instead and just to keep him functioning. So uh, to me, that was one of the best, <laughs> I don't know, personal research things. Um, other ones where my son had um, he had said he was playing footy, said that he had a sore shoulder I, and I'd just say I'll oh, put the red light on it and that would be like oh mum you're crazy. Um, put that on there. Went for a x-ray um, six months later for something else to do with his shoulder and they said oh you broke your collarbone at some stage and I went oh my god that must have been when his shoulder hurt and they said oh no. And then, yeah, the way that it healed, they reckon it was further. And I was like, no, yeah, that it had healed so well. They said, no, it couldn't have been in that time. So just, yeah, um, small things that have happened with the kids and as growing up. And at first they used to think I was mad, but now they actually ask. I mean, they're all uh-huh, adults that's now. That's funny. But that's <laughs> the same. 
yeah, they'll actually say, oh, can I have some of your stuff? Yeah. That's kind of just human nature, isn't it? It's like, um, if you can't believe it, it must not work. But if you see it happen and you like the proof is in the pudding, uh, then they yes. want it, right? Then the people want it. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting now because there is so much more research and so much more out there that all of a sudden all these people are getting right into it, which is so cool. Because Absolutely. It's so cool. Yeah, I love it. In your story, um, there are highlights basically how I envision red light therapy being on a mass scale in the future. You can have it for your personal self and anything you want to use. Uh, keep yourself looking young. Keep yourself you know, pain-free. Um, but then you can use it on your pets. You can use it on your significant other. You can use it on your kids. I mean, there's going to be uh nicks and bumps and injuries and and sicknesses and and there's a time and place darn near every time to implement red light therapy to accelerate the healing process or decrease the pain or yeah. improve the wound healing it's like headaches um i mean you name it there there's a place for red light therapy so i hope your story resonates with a lot of people or at least opens people's eyes to the wide array of ways red light therapy can be used because i think maybe this is just my my own perception but i think people buy red light therapy initially for a specific thing skin health is a big one pain is another big one but it's like there's dozens of ways that red light therapy can be implemented i mean reduce stress um yes improve your sleep uh do you have a big test yes. well there's ways to pre precondition your brain to kind of make yourself a little more alert and, and uh in, improve i mean th- there's endless ways right so i hope there this is. opens the door for that conversation and opens people's eyes to see that this is this is the real deal it's safe and it's it, effective and maybe it's a little bit of from, an investment from, right off the back but i mean right off the yeah. back but uh for for what it does my goodness Oh, I agree. And it's um just listening to you again with all the stuff that you're saying with research, stuff that I've learned from a whole different stream that coincides and saying the same thing. And plus um other uh reports that you've done where our world now is so um, you know, food is not real. We don't get enough light. All of those things that are keeping our bodies in a state of disease and everybody goes to treat certain things but miss the point of how it all works. Oh, I need to tell you too, my husband's an electrician oh, no. by trade. <laughs> <laughs> yes, way. So now I've looked at him and I'm like, and he goes, will you be quiet about electrons? <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so it's great. So, so yes, I think that red light therapy will, or it should uh, become part of uh, people's health regime, maybe to help mitigate some of the outside stuff that we can't seem to um, control as well now. Amen. I mean, yeah, perfectly said. And that's kind of something I missed. I mean, to your point, in this modern world, it's going to be tough to go back to the Oregon Trail, which is in america go back to the wagon wheels and live off in the mountains um in in the super world life without 5g and 
this electrified world. But to your point, if we have tools like red light therapy and otherwise, you know, PEMF mats, grounding, yep. what have you. I mean, there's ways we can mitigate it. And I'm actually reading a really interesting book right now. Speaking of electricity, how much that really does impact our health. And and starting in around the 1860s, 1870s, I'm probably actually going to do a podcast on this topic. Every time a new wave of electronic technology hit the world, there was like a health pandemic or epidemic. Wow. So influenza is an electric disease. Every time there was like Spanish flu or these other types of flus that took hold, was it like the Hong Kong flu or something like that? But if you look at the dates and the times that these happened, it was when the next revolution of electronic technology was coming out. Initially, it was just um, electricity itself, right? Like the light bulb and you're electrifying the world and you have to have these power lines everywhere. Well, there's a negative consequence Mm. to that. Then you have radio, the very first version of radio. And then you have phones. And then you have wireless phones. And now we're just upgrading the wireless technology, 3G, 5G. Now... Yeah. And so when we look at COVID, and as I'm reading this book, this book was actually copyrighted in 2017, which is before COVID. So I'd be really interested to see what this author has to say now. But my guess is 5G caused COVID. Yeah, that's really interesting because it's like our immune systems have gone into overload plus it just really set off that well, all our bodies changed to like a positive charge and and it was like an overload. So you're seeing all the detox like coming out in COVID, like you said. That's really interesting. Right. When you introduce these new literal literally new waves of electromagnetic fields or forces like 5g is incredibly incredibly high energy our biology has never ever been exposed to it just like when they first introduced electricity our organism had never been introduced to that type of electromagnetic field and so that's why they got so back then well then we amplified it to the next version of that and then the next and then the next and there's no political or otherwise to oversee whether or not this technology is safe enough because innovation outruns that it outpaces that so there's no oversight to see if this technology is actually safe i mean if we actually look at the studies that were done for cell phones when they first came out if if the right people looked at it back then cell phones would look a lot different or the technology would be a lot different because you're literally cooking your your brain with the waves yeah. that are coming out of that phone I mean, maybe that, that's commonplace to hear for a lot of people on, uh, listening to this podcast, but the companies that are coming out with this technology and the governments that are getting paid secondary to this technology one way or another, they're kind of keeping their eyes closed to the truth, meaning the safety of the electromagnetic yeah. fields that are being produced by... And we're again, we're talking about a phone in your pocket, but think about all of the 5G towers across the world yeah. and what that does on a global level i mean it's uh it's pretty scary when you think about it well it do- when you start to realize that how it all sort of works with the electromagnetic field you can see how even that even though you can't see it must be so out of balance 
So because everything wants to come back to balance again in some sort of way, it's like what's got to be um, sacrificed for it to come back to balance again because we've upset it so much. And even like you're saying with the cell phones before, years ago, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, don't give me that. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I actually get this now. I'm like, well. It's a crazy world. Well, that was talk about a rabbit hole, but maybe that'll give people a preview into uh, a future solo episode here. Roz, just just lastly here, I mean, I appreciate your time and uh, all the information you shared with us. This has been insightful. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention or talk about relative to red light therapy? Any topic or any other thing you wanted to add on, animal wise or anecdotal wise? Oh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'd like to uh, just, you know, off topic, look into the mechanisms of blue a lot more. Blue seems to be very popular at the moment, and I would like go. I I would like to. I understand some stuff about it, and then there's some other um, research that I'd like to understand a bit more. With that, blue light the, from know, a thera- blue light from a therapeutic perspective. Yeah, what are actually um, the mechanisms? More, uh, I understand. So you know that uh, uh, the, the melatonin side of it, and I understand that it's more bacteria orientated. I have people that tell us that it gives uh, therapeutically an ice effect. It's like using ice. Hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay. How does that work? You know, just a little bit more into that. That's that's my rabbit hole that I'm like trying to find a way in and people <laughs> to help us out with that one because it's very popular uh, rather than just, um, yes, we know it kills bacteria a bit better, you know, because people use it for acne and all those sorts of things. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's my yeah. rabbit hole. But. For your other question, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, mean, I think we covered a lot. I love your story. I love your experiences. You'll you'll have to start your own podcast, the the blue blue light report. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's something that people tell me, and they and I want to do it. It's so sometimes with me, I've got to rechannel myself rather than keep going off on all over the place. So. Doing this has helped a lot as well. Um, but if anybody ever wants to reach out and have a chat, um, I'll sit there and message or talk. Um, not a problem. Do you want people reaching out to you if they listen to this podcast? Like if they have oh, if they, if they want to, yes, because I really do love teaching about it because what, the more you can understand about how it works and what to observe and look for, I think that's the power of being able to use it really effectively is that, yes, you understand that it converts this and, you know, you need a certain amount of joules or la la remembering, you know, the bio-individuality, diversity, and then, like, putting putting it all together as an individual thing. So, Yeah. You know, totally if you, somebody can ask me, why isn't it working? Why am I not getting the results that I want? 
And then that's when I'd be like, okay, what's going on? You know, what say like if it's a horse, what's going on in your horse's background? What's going on here? Let's try and, you know, work this out and go from there. Do you mind if I add your email, let's say, to the podcast description if people want to reach out? Would that work? Yes. That's kind of your lovely. Yeah. Um especially with your background with with horses and and some animals a lot more than I do. I think you might get some people reaching out with some questions or or some feedback. So I think that'd be some good discussions to be had there. Especially because they're the same. They have um, we find that they're a bit like humans. They live in a chronic stress state. And um, so helping um, with the light therapy from a stress point of view, from, you know, gut digestion um, and biomechanics and movement and functionality, uh, all those different streams, wound, everything, quite happy to discuss because I apply it in all those types of areas. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, Roz, I really do appreciate you reaching out initially and then and joining me for this discussion. I've learned a lot. And I know the audience will too. So so just thanks for your time and uh, your insight. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. No, I, lo- I love having these kind of conversations because it's like, uh, I mean, that's how you trade ideas. I mean, we learn from each other. I don't know yes. everything. So um, to hear what yeah, you think. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if you've learned everything, then... Um, well, I don't know. Then, then I, I always say if you've learned everything, then you've got a lot to learn. Yeah, amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for Roz over in Australia, she's she's beginning her day. So have a good day over there, Roz. Um Thank you. <laughs> for me, Dr. Mike Belkowski, I'm I'm uh gonna get into bed here in about an hour or two. It's eight PM. But for yeah. everyone, I hope you enjoyed this. And again, I'm just gonna reiterate this as Roz mentioned at the beginning. If you are interested in sharing your anecdote or your story or experiences you've had good, bad, or otherwise with red light therapy, uh, please reach out to me uh, through email at podcast at biolight.shop or reach out through social media, whether that's my personal LinkedIn or my personal Instagram or the Biolight Instagram. Just reach out somehow, some way if you want to share your thoughts. It certainly doesn't have to be a full hour-long episode it can simply be a five or ten minute conversation uh but i just think it's cool to have have this uh back and forth with with people using the technology people using red light therapy um and sharing their experiences because that's how we learn and grow together so i'll just leave that there uh but i hope you guys enjoyed the episode and i'll see you next week thank you for listening to the red light report if you like what you heard today go ahead and leave us a review on itunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolite.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.